What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 175 of the ATD from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, get a couple of friends to listen to it and then sit down and chat with them about it. You can also like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends. If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled Complicated Grief Group. Welcome back to episode 175 of the ATD from Addict to Disciple podcast entitled Complicated Grief Group. I want to give a big welcome to my friends in recovery from the U.S., South Africa, and Australia for their participation in this group session episode. As before, I'll be keeping them anonymous, but I'll be saying their answers as if we're having a live group meeting. And for those of you who are my regular listeners, this is the third session in a row on complicated grief, and it'll be the last in this little series. Um, And for you guys in the group, Just a reminder, we started this by listening to episode 173, entitled Complicated Grief. So my question for you is, can you share about any complicated grief that has surfaced in you, in your recovery, and how you processed it? Also, if this listening to that episode has led to any new grief surfacing, feel free to mention that. Eddie, would you like to get us started? Sure, David. For me, the way I processed it was the day that I gave Christ a chance. When I finally went for prayers and accepted His grace, I was on the verge of losing my job and partner, now wife, at that time. My partner had decided to move out, and my manager had called to say I was done. But God, He wasn't done. I accepted His grace and managed to save both. Hallelujah. But... During my addiction period, I lost my previous marriage that ended my relationship with my son that I had during that marriage. I've tried desperately to retain that relationship, but without success. What makes it worse is that he now sees my sobriety and growth and how my new children from my second marriage are gaining from it, and that has made him an angry young man. He is so intelligent, but I fear That is one of my biggest losses. My sons from my new marriage didn't escape my addiction as well. My eldest felt it the most, but the second one unfortunately felt it also. The eldest one lacks confidence, and the little one stutters very badly. So yes, I kept my job and managed to save my relationship, but in actual fact, I think I lost a lot more. I think we focus on marriage insecurity as complicated grief, but because of our addictions, we can destroy a generation of children that get caught in the crossfire. I cringe every time I think of my son from my previous marriage, hoping he can give me a chance to recover our relationship, and I get very sad when I look at my boys now and just pray that one day they will become responsible and God-fearing adults. I once read how a father told his son to watch his step. The son turns round and says, No, Dad, you watch your step because I'm following in your footsteps. This is my complicated grief, and I relive it 
every time I think of my three sons. So, awesome way to start the group, Eddie. And it's definitely a complicated thing to process as we get our transformation and recovery. But our children often carry their wounds from our addiction into their adult life. Ben, what do you think about this topic? David, what an incredible topic. And I don't even know where to start. The first thing that surfaces in me personally is a statement a trusted friend said to me nearly a year ago that they think I have not personally dealt with some grief. Now you, David, you went deeper into that potential wound with a scalpel on this podcast. It hurts, but I'm thankful for it. Reminds me of a statement I once heard, man cuts to kill, God cuts to heal. What has surfaced in me personally is something that people call church hurt. We don't have enough time in this podcast for me to go over each and every item of that hurt that I went through. But after listening to this podcast, I realized that I did not go through it in a way that would be conducive to me staying healthy. I got hurt. It angered me. And then the spirit of wanting to continue to be helpful to other people, I just moved on. Because, hey, I've got to be ready to help others who are in pain. That's my job. Not realizing that I was bleeding as well. Not getting the appropriate help for my stab wounds from the church. I think it festered into potentially cancerous things. What's crazy to me, though, is the Lord continues to position me in places where I'm walking with people through their pain, and it seems to be effective and helpful for them. And yet, if I'm honest, I've entered into seasons this last year where I feel quite depleted, void of joy, and depressed. Thankfully, not to the point that I want to return to pain-numbing substances but I find myself not being engaged in conversations with my wife like I used to. I find myself not being hypervigilant and motivated to jump into being involved in helping people like I used to. I noticed it when I heard you, David, send an opportunity and offer out to people worldwide to reach out to you via Zoom, phone call, phone apps, whatever, to communicate with you on ways of finding help. I thought to myself, wow, I wouldn't make that offer in a million years. I'm actually trying to unravel myself from being so involved with people that are hurting because it seems like I view them now as leeches drawing and sucking me dry. It's like I just want relief from what I used to run to in helping people. I'm not sure if that makes sense or not, but it's the best way I can communicate it now. Very thankful for this insightful plunge with the scalpel into this undetected wound of grief. You're right. I think we just keep moving forward. It's the responsible thing to do to help people in recovery when we need to stop and go back, maybe many, many years ago, and deal with the wounds we never appropriately treated. Thank you, and here's to becoming completely whole. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate that so much, Ben. And I agree with you. Here's to all of us becoming completely whole. Charlie, what do you have to say on this topic? David, my first thought on this complicated grief is, man, this is complicated to answer. As it came to mind, my relationships with my daughters and my father are what I thought of. My dad wasn't always able to be in my life as much as we both wanted. And by the time we got together, we were both living in addiction 
from trying to suppress our trauma. Therefore, I didn't learn how to be a dad. So when it came time to be a dad on my own, I only knew what not to do. So I tried to do the opposite of what my dad did and just provide everything I could in a material way. Neglecting a lot of healthy emotional, spiritual, and responsibility that a dad should provide. So my complicated grief can be my daughter's childhood. I see her struggling something right now, and I think it's all my fault. I was acting like a child when she was supposed to be a child. And she's me, much like I did with my dad. And I swore I wouldn't do that. Crazy how that works out. Then there's this new grief stirred up by your teaching that led me to thinking about losing my ability to process things in a healthy way, more often mentally, and being able to physically walk through life like someone my age. It's hard. I've had so many accidents and self-harms through the years, 13 to 20 concussions, severe head traumas, numerous blows to my body from fights being attacked and going all out in sports and things like that. I've had many, many broken bones and, and twisted every joint on my body. So at 42, I often have the memory of someone in early dementia. I can't get into sports or physical activities without embarrassing myself. And it's really hard to explain why I'm 42 and I'm moving around like someone who's 70 sometimes when I look to be in fair shape. So my complicated grief here would be losing my ability to function as a man during midlife without being seen as a crazy wimp who doesn't do anything. And when I'm questioned, I lose it because my brain is overwhelmed and overloaded. When that happens over and over quickly, the self-pity starts. The victim mentality creeps in and the wanting to use or end it all become the way I expect to escape. Often I'll turn to God's word and lean on that to realize that I'm no longer a slave to my sin and darkness. And I just have to humble myself before God, share with him and others what I'm dealing with, and find healing that way. Awesome. I appreciate that so much, Charlie. You've you've really touched on a lot of deep old wounds there that do need to be processed to deal with that grief. Dante, how about you? David, due to my addiction, there were memories that have resulted in poor social interaction or engagement that were rather embarrassing for me. Those instances, while they're gone, 20 to 25 years in the rearview mirror, are still painful when I think of them. It can still tend to drive me to a bad mental state. I have to continually remind myself that those experiences are not who I am and what my identity is in Christ and in Him alone. I can push myself to a place of worship and thankfulness. Those things then tend to melt away. It doesn't mean I don't continue to work on things I struggle with and continue to get better. But it does mean that those things that happened in the past no longer control my emotions or how I address certain areas of my life. Shame has a way of growing roots and destroying you. Grace and mercy have a way of building up new things. 
roots growing in good soil and flowering into the person and destiny designed for my life. Dante, thank you so much. I like that phrase. Shame has a way of growing roots and destroying you. And for those of us battling with shame as our complicated grief, we have to make sure it doesn't destroy us. Harry, you ready to close this out today? Sure, David. In my complicated grief, I see two areas. First is the people's trust. I went down that path of having to be drug tested with my family and was told up front that it will be a compulsory requirement for me at new places of employment. As I was honest with my employers at the interview stage that I was an addict. I hated the fact that even over a year into my recovery, I still had friends and family who told me and even gossiped about me, stating that I will never change and I definitely go back to using. Statements like that hurt me and angered me. But as for those people, my motto that I adopted with my close circle is you're either there for me in a positive way or you're not in my life at all. It's a bit extreme, but I have the people that I want to be around me now. Some people took years to trust me again, and now they are back in my life. My second area is rejection, and that caused me a lot of pain and hurt. It started with being put up for adoption into an abusive household, and I made it through that nightmare, but it pushed me to become an atheist as a child. As I got to see and learn about God later in life, things eased up and life got better. The sad reality that I currently face is that I'll never find out who my real parents are. I've made attempts over the past few years, and the response I got is that my file is missing and there's nothing they have on record about my biological parents. I prayed and I believe that if it was meant for me to find out who they are, God would have made a way for me to find out. And I truly believe that he is a way of protecting us from certain things that could cause more heartache and pain. So once I worked through that grief, things got better in my mind and heart. Deep stuff, Harry, and and thanks to all you guys. It's so important that we can see the, the buried triggers in us as we have these various levels of complicated grief that we need to process in order to stay whole. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If these three episodes on complicated grief has reached out and touched you, then it's time for you to reach out and join a group or find someone to share this grief with. You can message me in the link in this podcast or by email at davidfromatd at gmail.com or go to my website www.fromatd.org and click on the contact page. Tune in Monday for our next episode, and as always, stay safe and stay strong.